Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about monetization. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? On this podcast, we like to talk about games. And uh, how games monetize is something that we've addressed before uh, a couple of times, actually. Um, and it's in, it's, it's in the news, so... I you know we want to we want we want to talk about it especially around the release of uh, uh, like Shadow of War Mordor what is it called just Mordor so Shadow so it's a full title the, yeah the, the the big two games around this are Shadow of War and uh, and and Star Wars Battlefront two um, both have their different monetization schemes but uh, Shadow of War is the is the big one that came out recently if you guys remember it was a game that I was super pumped for. Um, it was a game that I did not end up purchasing, at least yet, uh, because of some of these monetization uh, foibles. Uh, we've talked briefly about this before with uh, with the the um, the developer uh, thing, like one of, one of the producers oh, that yeah, the, passed yeah, the, away. The, the, the developer that they made like a piece of DLC, but it was a piece yeah. of DLC. That and DLC, all the... by the way, is now free. Yes, they did to up to update everyone who gets their gaming news from our incredibly late podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, uh, in case you don't know the whole story and you get only your news from this podcast, basically there was a, uh, a piece of DLC to honor, uh, a deceased member of the production team. Um, it was basically like a special work that kind of acted like Mysterious Stranger in, uh, Fallout. Um, it was supposed to be like $5 and all the proceeds went to his, were supposed to go to his family. Um, but there was a footnote that it wouldn't apply in certain states and outside of the U.S. Um, and people called them out, um, and they basically they, they responded by saying we will not see any of the money from this. But they didn't say where it would go. Um, I have to imagine this was some sort of weird legal issue um, that caused them to have these exceptions, but it didn't stop people from jumping on them. And, and I guess they just decided that the best way to handle this was, you know what? Instead of doing this, we'll just release it for free and make a big donation to his family anyway. Hooray! Um, and so it's, th that's, that's what happened there. Um, I'm still not convinced that the way that, that everything handled around it was great. Like, I, I really don't, like, I can't imagine that this was some sort of, like, backhanded way for them to make money off of it. I really believe this is probably something where they didn't have legal authority to do it otherwise. Um, but, you know, that, that was the first controversy. Um, and, uh, honestly... Why don't, why don't we talk about that for for, for, for a second? Because that, that that's got some other parallels in kind of the stuff. How do how do you feel about like something like this, like where you're like making money basically off of uh, off of what's essentially a tragedy? Um, not yeah, I, I have I have uh, um, so I actually have no problem with it in its current state in that sense, right? Like, if this was from the beginning that they were releasing a, pay, a piece of DLC because of, you know, you know what I mean? Like, if, and it was and it was free and they were giving it off to everybody, right? Like, I, I would actually be very much in the other camp of, of that. Uh, but I'm pretty sympathetic to, you know, like, Total Biscuit, who is himself, like, a cancer, right? Like, like he is battling cancer um, and has been for years, right? Like, I really understand how a guy like that looks at this and just, like, finds it incredibly disgusting, um, and I, even though I'm glad they kind of got there at the end point, uh, it just feels, yeah, I don't know, like, it just feels really gross in a way. Um, 
I don't so, know. It just so, feels really weird. So, so get, getting around the, the weird kind of like, like if, if we get rid of kind of the, the weird um, controversies around like, uh, around like where it would or wouldn't apply, is are you are you uh, do you object to basically, um, uh, the, the the core principle which is like we're selling this piece of DLC and the proceeds will go to, uh, the proceeds will go, will go to the family. Uh, as long, I mean, it's more about the tragedy, but, um, I guess I wouldn't necessarily find that as objectionable. Okay. Uh, right, like, if it was just something, if it was something completely, you know, like, I can't really think of a good... Okay, so, like, if it was an indie developer, right, um, and he develops a piece of, of DLC because, kind, you know what I mean, because it's like, oh, my... You know, like my brother, or something. You know what I mean? Kind yeah. of along those lines. Like I would actually probably be be okay with it along along those lines. Um, but I am not on. I am much less on board. Um, I don't know. It, the, the 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 Shadow of War thing is very much not like that. Uh, but okay. Yeah. So 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 I'm, I'm I'm like, I think in concept this isn't like like to, to me like the idea of. You know, we, you know, in order we've put out this thing, and and if you buy it, the money goes to the family. That doesn't seem so so much of a problem to me. Like, like there's some specific issues here that I think kind of tip it in that direction, which are basically like, um, you know, uh, they weren't giving the whole amount, and the amount they were they weren't giving was probably more than it needed to make up the cost of of the DLC. Um, and the other part, which is of course that it's it's not applicable in these states or other countries, um. Uh, for what, even if that's even that's a legal reason, that's still a snafu. That's still a thing where I think you you say that like, well, we won't like we'll, we'll figure out some other solution there or or whatever. But I, I think the the core concept of you know this guy died, we will sell you this piece of thing as a direct donation to his family. I, I don't I don't see why that's so uh, uh, so objectionable. Okay, I get that. I get that. Okay. Um. But yeah, obviously there were some complications there, um, and it's 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 resolved now. Um, the game's out um, to high praise, um, and uh, uh, one one of the other big things, which is kind of what we're gonna we're gonna segue our way into right now, is uh, there are uh, loot boxes in the game, uh, a game which you wouldn't think typically. I think this is part of the reason why this this kind of thing struck so so many people so wrong is that this is not the type of game that you would think needed loot boxes. It's a primarily single player game with like a multiplayer element, um, and uh, the loot boxes give you functional stuff, but it's not functional stuff that you can uh, that you can't get otherwise. Um, but there's also like it's also not like you know. You buy three orcs, you buy a loot box, and inside there's a random assortment of things, um, which may or may not be good, which has got this whole kind of gambling aspect to it. Um, and uh, and there were some initial reports that they had tweaked, or they had tuned the game such that you would practically need to buy boxes in the fourth act in order to kind of overcome the grind. But um, other reports that I've seen of people who have played the game all the way through claim that this is not the case. Um, that aside, I, like, like, I think it's definitely worse if that happens, but, uh, even if, even if the game's completely playable on its own, um, or actually, that, I think that's an important question. Do you think that, that that difference makes it acceptable or unacceptable? 
Buddy? I'm thinking, um... Do I think it makes it acceptable or unacceptable? So, okay. Uh, spe specifically the... the I, so I, I definitely think that that's the big fear that people were talking about beforehand, right? Like, you know, Jim Sterling, right, and Total Biscuit, all of them were kind of saying, right, like, oh, well, if you believe that they're not going to tune around loot boxes, uh, you're you're essentially, you know, like you're you're naive, you're, you're a dope, right, kind of thing, right? And and by the way, and I don't want to and I don't want to misrepresent their position because there's actually really good evidence that they have that this kind of thing will happen, and the and that evidence is mobile games, right? Like all of these energy based mobile games are like this. Um, I think somebody patented something recently. Um, that Activision did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of it's like a scheme for like getting people to buy more loot boxes or something. So, so yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a, a valid fear. Um. Uh, but sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. you continue. Your no, thought. no. I mean, and so, um, uh, and uh, and so, I definitely kind of get where. I definitely kind of get where um, these guys are coming from, but I also don't know that that necessarily matters. See, the thing about loot boxes that bothers me um, when it comes to Shadow of War is that they are so gameplay related. You know what I mean? Um, that that's just a... I've talked in the past. Um, I've talked in the past about uh, single-player DLC that essentially works as, like, cheat codes, right? Um, you know, like, I, Dragon Age 2 has a bunch of DLC that's, like, for five bucks, get some items, outfit your followers with them. And the reason you do this DLC, the reason you buy this DLC is so that you never have to worry about itemizing the rest of your party, right? So if you want to go through the game again, but you don't want to do that kind of bit, which people think could be tedious, right? Okay, pay five bucks. You don't have to worry about it. I think that's a pretty good piece of DLC, right? People talk, people complain about this DLC. It's like, quote-unquote, paid cheat codes. But I don't really mind that sort of thing because it has a very clear purpose, right? You know, and it's, and it's, and it's advertised in a, in a clear way. But the loot boxes, they don't give you that kind of specific focused advantage in a single-player game that buying items for your followers does. Do you know what I mean? Which, yeah, is, what, which is what makes it so insidious to me. Can, can, can I stop you for, for just a second? Um, like, I get what you're saying about kind of like the, the, the page thing, but you, you said it was a piece of good DLC. Do you mean like it's a positive piece of DLC? Because in, in my mind, it's an acceptable piece of DLC. I, I don't think it's good. I, you know, I, I feel like, I, I feel like there, there, there's a whole discussion there about like, well, if that's your intention, you should probably make that a base option in the game and not like a, a paid edition. But I understand kind of why it's it's it's, it's paid. Um, do, do you think it's do you think it's like an active good thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's an active good thing. I like it's a piece of DLC that I own that I bought. I mean, I like Dragon Age too. I've played it a, a lot back to back, and uh, and this DLC has allowed me to do you know like essentially what it is is it's a it's a five dollar piece of DLC that has allowed me to take a, like a thirty hour game and turn it into a hundred and fifty hour game. Does that make sense? Because it just streamlines my ability to continue playing, and I'm really okay with it. You know what I mean? Like that's a fair cost. Um, for that advantage and to a certain extent i i agree like i understand where you're coming from um when uh, you know like th that being an intended feature or whatever but i also think that there are people who are kind of um you know uh grind you know like they're they're okay with that kind of grind and that yeah. and that tedium and everything along those lines and so this isn't something that like it just wouldn't even be a second thought uh for them plus you know um 
I don't know. I, yeah, development time goes into it, right? Like, uh, all of these weapons and items uh, have uh, have skins, right? And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, it, it's a good piece of DLC as far as I'm concerned. Insofar as good DLC means I'm okay with purchasing it, right? Okay. I, I, I think we're using different def- definitions of, of the word good there, but that's... That's fine. I, I think we've made kind of the, the, the case clear. Um, moving back to the, the, the Shadow of, of, of War stuff, um, I'm kind of always of the opinion that in a single-player experience, like, um, paying for an advantage is, is fine because that's your experience, um, and you can, you're can you free to do whatever you want with it. In fact, um, this is the same way I feel about kind of cheating in games, and, you know, somebody pointed out very quickly that this is less of a problem in the PC version because... Somehow, people are coming up with unlimited amounts of the in-game currency. Uh, who knows how that happened? Um, but you know, uh, and so like you can um, purchase the the in-game the the in-game currency loot boxes, which are worse. You can't get I think legendary levels, the top level stuff out of them. But you know, you can still fill out your ranks, and there there are ways to get that equipment. Otherwise, it it's uh, uh, you kind of have to essentially set up the situation. Um, but you, you said that this um, that this is insidious because you're, like, at some level you are guaranteed, like, a payout, right? Like, you're not, it's not like you, you buy a box and you could get nothing out of it, but you're at least getting something out of it. What's the distinction there? So, the distinction for me is something kind of similar to Hearthstone Packs, which is another kind of version of, quote-unquote, a loot box um, that I think is uh, is acceptable, right? Um, I mean, cart, you know, like card packs like this are, uh, they, they like a part, you know, a a part of the conversation is also kind of about like gambling addiction and stuff along those sorts of lines. Right. Um, like for instance, you can't buy 50 packs of Hearthstone cards, um, and then press a button and open them all and put the cards in your inventory. You have to go through one by one and that, and that's trying to feed into the kind of anticipation rush, right? Where like you pull the lever on the slot machine and the anticipation like it feeds you dopamine, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just straight up a Skinner box, yeah. Right, but the thing is, so the the cool thing about Hearthstone and what I like about the Hearthstone loot boxes, and also by extension other um, Blizzard loot boxes, Overwatch and Heroes uh, of the Storm, is that even if you don't enjoy, I mean, Hearthstone is better about this than the other two, by the way. But even if you don't enjoy what you got, right? Even if you got a trash legendary right, or it was just four commons and a rare that you already had, that transfers into dust, which is an exceedingly usable currency, right? So kind of no matter what, you're getting a good value um, out of the out of the card packs. Plus they have other systems in there that like balance it out for me. Like for instance, they have a quest system where if you do your quests every day, you get a pack, right? Um, if you max out your win 10 golds, which is like winning 30 games or whatever, which I know is a lot, but you know, it's something you can hypothetically do. You get a pack and it's not like the packs are different if you buy the pack with gold or you buy the pack with money. It's just a pack, right? Um, and so all of that kind of stuff leads me to kind of say, well, essentially Hearthstone has loot boxes. I mean, they're card packs, um, but the, but they're a pretty good, well-implemented system, right? Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of space for customization. If you get something you don't want, you can disenchant it and use it to make something you do want, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, they've added systems to make it so that like getting legendaries is, is easier and more consistent. Um, you know, you're guaranteed to open a legendary in your first 10 packs of a set. Um, you are, uh, also guaranteed to never open a duplicate legendary in a set until you have every legendary in that set. 
right? You know, like stuff like this, right? Um, and uh, and these loot boxes in the single player game don't seem to offer that kind of advantage. Like, what happens if, let's say, I have my army, right? And yep. I'm deep in the loot boxes, and I'm opening loot boxes over and over again, um, and I'm opening up shitty orc chieftain, whatever, you know, like orc captains. Um, those captains, as far as I understand it, don't have any value. You know, in Hearthstone, I can disenchant them, right? In Overwatch, I get those coins that allow me to buy the skins and stuff that I really do want. So I, th um, I think for the equipment, you can break it down into Mirren. Um, I could be wrong about that. Mirren being I, the uh, the in-game currency. Okay. Um, do you think uh, you can do that with, the, with the, the chieftains? I don't think with the orcs, because... I think there's this kind of aspect where it's not like it's not like you ever hit like the max number of orcs, I think. Like you hit the max that you could practically use, but like theoretically you could you know like lose some and you'd want some to back them up and so like it's it's not like in Hearthstone where you could only ever use two copies of a card. Um or in, in, in Overwatch where you could only ever use one copy of a skin. Right. Um, it's, it's kind of like supposed to get, like the, the orcs are kind of their own kind of thing where like you, you would, uh, you could potentially use them for anything. And part of that too is like, it is another base kind of thing, right? Like they're in your army. So it's an orc that you don't have to go find and you can manually raise them. Um, but I, 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 I see your point. Um, uh, I, I also kind of wanted to uh, to point out uh, in, in that that like um, I see your point about the dust thing, but isn't there a point at which like you're not getting enough dust back for it to be kind of fair? Um, like, like I I think I feel like the the, the dust ratios on on cards are, are pretty low. Like it's not like it's not like you open a pack and you've got enough dust to like it, it takes a lot of packs. To get enough dust to make like, um, even even like a uh, an epic, uh, an epic card. Um, um so uh, I think that getting Hearthstone, pa you know, so first of all, Hearthstone is a free game comparatively, right? Right. You know, you're not paying a sixty dollar premium. Yeah, that is fair. Thing. Um, and and that and that factors into it uh, quite a bit for me, I think, because it kind of means that like. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of like the league version of this where I've spent a lot of money on league over. I mean, I've played Jesus that thousands of hours of League of Legends, right? Like, um, but, th but that all felt fine because you know what I mean? Like I was willing to, you know, it was my choice essentially whether to pay the company, uh, to kind of reward them for giving me this game sort of thing. Right. If that makes sense. Um, and you know, uh, and, and in Hearthstone, it's a little bit of the same way, you know, if I need the dust, it's okay for, you know, I can spend $10 uh, to get the dust I need to craft, like, a legendary or, or you know, kind of whatever else. Um, and, the, and, you know, and there are also ways to play free-to-play um, with the game. Especially that 10, you know, like, that 10 legendary thing is actually, like, a lot bigger than people realize. Because um, there's, like, five sets in standard right now. Uh, and so what you end up doing is, um, uh, you know, you just kind of keep, you, you keep hitting packs until you hit your legendary from each of the sets right and then you can also do things like buy the adventures which have guaranteed cards and guaranteed legendaries and everything like that um and uh and there are also plenty of i mean like there are also plenty of decks that are playable with with commons uh and rares and not too many epics or legendaries i mean there's the opposite of that 
right? Like I have a I have a lot of dust and I have a lot of Hearthstone cards, uh, so it's pretty easy for me to fill out a, a lot of decks in the current meta. But I haven't been able to play um, a deck called Highlander Priest, which has like four, you know, five legendary like priest legendaries in it. Um, until I ended up opening one of the legendaries I needed in a pack. And then I was like, oh, I actually, you know, I can now make this, you know, like I can now make this deck, right? So there are decks that are inaccessible to people unless they pay, essentially, right? Uh, but there are plenty of decks. I mean, the most popular deck now that is rising is called Keliseth Rogue. Uh, it's, like a, it's like a tempo rogue sort of deck. That deck is perfectly played. I mean, it is, the bulk of it is commons. Um, and uh, and it has easily, subs like, substitutable uh rares and and epics for legendaries and stuff like that right like the only you only need one card uh you need one uh legendary card to to quote unquote make it work um and then you kind of are good to go from there and so i think hearthstone is pretty good about regulating this kind of thing okay uh, I, I also want to say that i think it's been much better in the past the old god set with Cthune was amazing for single for free-to-play players because you got Cthune no matter what and all you had a ton of these Cthune cards that were all commons uh and so it was very easy for somebody to just make a mid-range Cthune deck and do pretty well uh in old gods uh comparatively all right so um i get that but like the would you agree that there is there is some sort of imaginary line where or like there is some sort of line where like that that kind of trade-off makes it not worth or like where that where that 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 reasoning stops holding up yeah yeah so i think the big part where that reasoning fails is um is just by volume right the more cards in a set that you have the more kind of like dust you get returning uh, right. if that makes sense um which means that for somebody who buys a lot of packs it's easy for them to dust up uh, because, you know, they just buy 20 packs and all of the packs are full of dust and they can craft a legendary now, right? Yeah. Um, but 20 packs for a free-to-play player, right, is going to fill out a lot of commons and rares that they don't have. Um, and so they would either need to kind of dust all of that stuff in order to get to that legendary state um, or uh, or kind of, like, purchase more packs on top of it because dust kind of accumulates in that way. Yeah, so, so what I meant to say is, is, uh, is not that, but, like, there, there is a point where the dust you're getting out of the pack is going to be too, or, you know, like the mirror or the gold coins or whatever it is, is going to be too low for the, well, you always get value out of it. Cause even if you get useless things, you could transform it into currency, right? Like there's a point where like, let's, let's say every common only gave you one dust, right? Then if you opened up a pack of like four, uh, you know, four, four commons and, and a rare, then like you might feel that, that ratio is wait that that ratio is too low to kind of justify it. Yeah, you you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Um. So 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 do you have any any gut feeling as to where that line is? Let, let, let's go into kind of um. Actually, let, let's go into this kind of related issue, which is um. Should these loot boxes be in sixty dollar experiences? Um, and what are the parameters on that? I, I, I think the answer is, is kind of, is going to be sometimes. Um, I don't think it's, uh, so in, to kind of just get into the nuance of it, like, I don't think either of us have, I don't think either of us have a problem with, like, Overwatch, which is a $40 experience. Um, but obviously we both kind of have this problem with, uh, with, with, uh, Shadow of War. So 
I, I like the the answer is going to be sometimes. Man, I don't know that I think it's sometimes. I kind of just think loot boxes don't belong in single player games. It's tough for me to th- like. Can you make a like, make a good argument to me for where a loot box in a in a sixty dollars single player game makes a lot of sense? Uh, because multiplayer makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, I see what you're saying. But like, uh, but single player, I have a really tough time with that. Um, so. I'm in the same way that I'm okay with, um, kind of, uh, you know, shortcutting with money, you know, like, uh, as, as friend of the cash Charles is kind of, is fond of saying, it's like when I was younger, I had more time than money and now I have more money than time. So I'm willing to throw money at it to kind of get pat, like instead of throwing time at it, um, in a single player game, if you want to use these kinds of like paid cheats to get past, I think that's fine. And I think in a game that's based on kind of randomized loot. I think that a loot box is the only way to kind of solve it. And maybe you kind of fix the issues that I perceive you having with this by like making the ratios better. So I guess at the end of the day, what makes it tough for me is that I have a hard time seeing a situation where, okay, in League or in Hearthstone, or in uh, uh, even Battlefront 2, which has these loot boxes, uh, or in Overwatch, I think those, those loot boxes make sense in a multiplayer game, because multiplayer games are repetitive and grindy. Um, and this has happened with League, right? This is kind of why League went to these chests and these keys and everything like right. that. Um, because one of the advantages of a randomized loot box in a multiplayer system is it makes that grind more kind of interesting, right? You right. open up a you open up a skin in Overwatch and you're like, oh, you know what? I never play Symmetra, right? I'll give her a shot though because I'm gonna play this skin. And in a way, there's kind of like it's like a catapult for engagement, right? Uh, like for instance. I mean, last night, I literally opened this card last night. Like, last night, I opened up this priest card, and I was like, oh, holy shit, I guess I can make the deck now, right? Because I have the two main cards, and I'll just kind of fill out the rest, and, and right. it, you know, it's not quite as good, but I'll just make it, and it'll be it'll be a little bit jank, and it'll be cool, right? Those kinds of situations happen in multiplayer games, because multiplayer games are kind of built around that grind, right? Right. Uh, and, I think that that's, and I think that that's permissible. Also, another kind of, you know, to do a PvE version of this, I think this is kind of, this is what makes the, the, the loot boxes, uh, like the safes and the drills or whatever, and Payday 2 fine. Um, because, you know, like, b- making new builds, trying new guns because you just got a skin for them, right? Like, all of this stuff is, is very cool, and, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I th- and I think is a good way to uh, use the randomness of loot boxes to fuel engagement with your, with your game, with your title. But a single-player game, I feel like, just doesn't function based on those same kinds of rules. I think with a, th- with a single-player game, there's really no version of DLC that is better delivered to you randomly um, rather than pointedly, right? So, like, for instance, if I bought a loot box for Total War and it gave me one unit of wood elf you know what i mean like it just i there's no way that you could make a loot box version of total war good or a loot box version um of even uh of even like dragon age 2 better than the version where you just pay five bucks and get the and get the items that you need for your dudes you know what I, do you see what i'm saying so, so if let's say instead of i am not super familiar with dragon age so forgive me but let's say instead of getting this kind of set piece of scaling gear right um, you got a random high quality piece, uh, uh, a random high quality item, but you knew it was going to be high quality. Would would that change it for you? Like, would that like what, what's the problem with like essentially 
the devs decided they didn't want to put in the infrastructure to, to make a scaling piece of armor. Um, but you can effectively get like a piece of high level armor. So you don't have to worry about grinding it out and managing it by, by hitting the loot box button. And you'll know you get something good. Um, is, is that a problem to you? I, I just feel like that would never be something uh, in the in the same way that I think the Dragon Age Two DLC is good because it's a se effectively something that I would purchase and I think gives me kind of like a good return and everything like that. The randomness of that kind of loot box I feel like would just not you know in a single player game if I'm paying if I'm paying you for a piece of DLC I really need to I feel like I really need to know what that DLC is. I, I'm okay giving up kind of that knowledge in order to help kind of spontaneous playability in a multiplayer game, but I'm not really looking for that same kind of spontaneous playability in a single-player game. Maybe, now that I think about it, maybe a version of this maybe goes along the lines of, like, a roguelike? And you could kind of make an insidious rogue Because a roguelike is already kind of built along right, that right, variety right. reprogression sort of thing. And maybe a loot box would... You know what I mean? Like, a, maybe a loot box would kind of... Um, so, so I know that Man, that's rough. That's 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 tough because even like a, the the genre of roguelites kind kind of defeats that purpose, right? You know, if everything is kind of temporary. And oh, I, how the fuck do you do a microtransaction? Oh, like I, I know, I can imagine it now. You pay for a loot box, and you get a random bonus um, when you start, which would be terrible, and I'd hate it. Right? But yeah, you, exactly. You, right? You um, know, like it just feels like there's no good way. To, well, I would I would hate it because it would kind of defeat the po like it would kind of defeat the point. Like I guess I guess you could make the argument that if the player if the person's having fun using it, who am I to like? This is my kind of fundamental problem with your argument, especially vis-a-vis -vis the um the scaling armor in, in Dragon Age. It, it's like you say you won't buy it, but does that make it like a problem for somebody? Like it like I would never buy. I don't think either of these either either the uh, the the scaling armor or the um uh. Or, or, or a loot box, but it doesn't bother me that someone would buy a loot box to kind of skip over the 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 kind of, like, grinding part to find an item piece. Even though, like, they can't... They, with, with the only guarantee there being that they get something of, of, of the, you know, relatively high quality, as opposed to getting, a, you know, like, a, a random dud. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know how to kind of... You know, I, in a way, I kind of think there's so, always going to be someone who buys this. Uh, and, uh... So, which is kind of why I guess I kind of have to feel like, would I buy this? You know what I mean? Okay, so... So, uh... In, in Diablo, if you could buy a loot box that gave you a random set piece, would, would that be okay with you? Oh, Oh, shit, that's interesting. Maybe Diablo would be a good way for it. Yeah, that would actually make a lot of sense because that kind of fits the mold. Because in a lot of ways, Diablo also has the same kind of thing that um, uh, Diablo kind of has the same kind of like I guess advantage you might say. Um, so, that, so I, uh, I that Overwatch and, and stuff has because like that randomness might say, oh well, this is for a you know like this is for a Crusader, right? You know, like so, set so, pieces for a Crusader, play Crusader kind of thing. So. If, if I might venture, I guess it's not necessarily the single-player multiplayer aspect. It's because it's encouraging you to try a different build, which is more generally a, like that's usually a a, a, a focus of um, uh, of multiplayer games and not of single-player games. But you could have you could have single-player games that have builds, and if it encourages you to try a different build, that's what makes it okay. Well, yeah, it's it's about it's about um, encouraging people to engage with the game in new ways, right? Um, but like also random ways. Uh, 
if that makes sense. So, like, when I get a skin, you know, like, when I get a random skin out of an Overwatch thing, um, and when I get a, de you know, like, a card that, like, a specific card that makes a specific deck work, um, when I get, uh, in, in the case of Diablo, right, like, a set piece, um, for a class, right, that I, that I don't necessarily, all of those are kind of tools that allow, the, that, like, allow you to kind of be surprised and try something you haven't in, like, a, in, in, in a cool way, which I think is neat. Okay, so, follow-up question. If you could buy a loot box from World of Warcraft where you got a piece of random raid gear out of it, would that be okay with you? Ooh. See, World of Warcraft, it wouldn't be... Oh, man, this actually defeats the, the Diablo example, now that I think about it. World of Warcraft, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work because you have to level a character. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so, uh, I think that that wouldn't that wouldn't work. It wouldn't, it wouldn't allow you to kind of try a new thing, you know what I mean? Because then you'd just be like, well, now I have a piece of monk gear, but I don't have a fucking monk, and I'm not going to spend, you know, and now, do, and now do I spend, like, 40 hours leveling him up, or do I buy a $60 boost? You know what I mean? Like, those are just, like, tough questions for me to answer. Right, but, but so, I mean, in, in the same kind of way, like, if let's say... You, you bought this this theoretical World of Warcraft loot box, and you got a piece of monk gear out of it. This is not in some way be like, oh, I was going to spin an alt anyway. Maybe I'll spin a monk. That way, when I get to max level, I'll have I'll have something waiting for me. This is not working that in that way as well. Yeah, I mean, World of Warcraft also, like, currently has systems like that, but they're a little bit different. Um, you know, like, as you're running around, you can pick up bind-on-account gear right, right, uh, right. of a certain eye level. You know, it's not quite raid gear or anything like that, but, like, I have seven, I mean, I have seven max-level alts in World of Warcraft, um, so I guess I know a thing or two about how to kind of, like, gear up your alts. Um, also, War World of Warcraft is a little bit different um, because it's not a game that, like, encourages you to be flexible across characters in the same way. Right, um, right, right. Like, Overwatch is a game where kind of, um, you know, you are encouraged to, to, to switch it up a lot, right? Uh, League of Legends is also a little bit in the same way, but in World of Warcraft, kind of, um, you know, maybe you have one or two. I feel like most people typically have, like, two or three alts um, that kind of get closest to max level, a lot of time to fill out alternate roles, right? Like, right, my right. main is a melee DPS and a tank, and then my alt is a ranged DPS and a healer kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like, the the point of the game isn't to, isn't to play every single class once to see if you like it. It's kind of to to, to do the whole... Like, the, the, the game systems just kind of break down from that, from that point of view. And in the same way that they break down, I guess Diablo also kind of breaks down. Though I feel like Diablo, you know, like, it's easier to power level things yeah, in Diablo. Yeah. Um, um, so so the, the thing I was really driving at in um, in the World of Warcraft example is, uh, and I probably should have just come out and said it, it's like, is, is there an issue, do you have an issue with like the idea that somebody doesn't go raiding and then buys loot box to get a piece of raid gear? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like I could get a piece of raid gear for my class. Jeez. I mean, you, you, even like... Essentially, what are the parameters that makes that okay for you if there's any, right? Like, if it's a random across class, there's no guarantee you get one. So maybe that makes it a little bit more acceptable or whatever. Um, I think I would fall on the, like, in a in an MMO situation, um, putting that kind of, like, kind of, like, high-end raid content behind, those, behind loot boxes is probably unacceptable to me because I feel like that's... that's yeah. I, I, I can't figure out any way to any way to, to, to parse that well. Yeah, like, I I might be okay if you could loot box raid finder gear out of it. 
just because Ray Finder is so trivial anyway, but that's kind of like a, a very kind of like shaky shaky thing there too. Like that's just me kind of being like, well, yeah, I just think maybe. loot boxes are worse than like directed um, kind of uh, like directed sure. items. You know what I mean? And the only way that you can sell me on a loot box being better is when you kind of get at this kind of like, well, let's make the grind a little bit more interesting by spicing up what it is you get, right? Okay, and I then see you what get you're something. You know what I mean? Um, and, 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 and there are a lot of ways where you could even kind of make that argument work. Like, I'm imagining, just because I'm playing so much of it right now, I'm imagining a version of Total War Warhammer where instead of, like, playing, you know what I mean, like the, where you have to unlock not just, like, factions or anything, but, like, individual units inside of a faction. And then, you know, like, so maybe the game comes with, right, like, like a baseline kind of bare-bones Empire faction or a baseline bare-bones, like, Dwarfs faction, Right, but then you get these loot boxes or whatever, and you and you unlock. Well, now you can play. You can play Slayers or whatever. Hypothetically speaking, that also falls in the same kind of like in the same kind of wheelhouse, right? Oh, well, now you just got Blood Knights. Blood Knights are like the best cavalry unit in the game, right? So, are you gonna play Vampire Counts or whatever? But in that instance, holy shit, would I hate that system? And would that system be so fucking awful for the game, right? So it's yeah. a, it's it's a, you know it's a really fine line between how you even can accomplish that kind of thing right in overwatch they do it they do it by just making it cosmetic right um which i think works with it which i think works pretty well um so so um this, this is I'm, I'm like falling on the whole of hypotheticals but like let's say uh you know you're uh you're you're you've you're playing total war 2 and like there's a you know a handful of dlc legendary lords out there do you know how much those cost typically uh, the, uh, DLC Legendary Lords are $9. $9, alright. So, l let's say that, um, you know, there's a, like, they offer a, a mystery box, you can buy it for 5 bucks, and you will get a, le a random Legendary Lord, and I, let's say for the sake of argument, you're guaranteed that it's one that you don't own. Um, does that seem okay to you? Because I, I'm just trying, this seems like the thing that would, like, hit, hit, hit what you want here, right? Which is, like, yeah, random... Yeah. Um, it encourages you to play maybe a different race if you pick up, like, the Night Elf Legendary Lord or whatever. Um, Dark... Is it Dark Elves? I forget what it is. It's not Night Elves. Dark Elves. Yeah, it's Dark Elves. So I guess technically... Technically. <laughs> I guess it would. Um, the, uh, I guess the main problem, uh, that I see with something kind of along those lines, uh... Man, I don't know. I mean, if you made it cheap enough, maybe I'd actually be okay with that. Like, instead of nine dollars, it's three dollars. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, that would be that would be kind of that would be kind of neat and cool. And there would also kind of have to be more of them, I guess. Um, you know, right now, uh, like they released the Mortal Empires campaign map. The Mortal Empires being the combined map. Um, they released the Mortal Empires campaign map today, um, and there are thirty-five legendary lords that are playable on that map, which is a lot. You know, obviously, yeah. right? Um, but I feel like even that wouldn't be kind of enough for like $3 loot boxes. Yeah. I, um, and, uh, is this contingent on you being able to directly purchase the, the legendary Lords or not? Like, oh, no, no, it okay. wouldn't. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it would, I guess. It also depends on what kind of legendary Lords you do. Like, do you start with Carl Franz and then say Balthazar Geltz and the other and uh, Volkar the Grim? Are uh, are like DLC because like if you were to say every faction is playable with kind of their like main you know 
Tyrion, Malekith, right? Mazda uh, Mundi. Ev- every week, the set of legendary lords you get for free rotates. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking kill me. <laughs> I mean, the same thing is kind of true a little bit for, uh, um, the same thing is kind of true for, uh, God, what is it? Um, like Civ Six or whatever, right? Right? Like, you know, if you bought new civilization leaders, I mean, they're selling the civilization leaders as, like, individual DLC. I actually think I bought the season pass, so I keep getting them. Uh, I went in and played Australia for a bit, which is actually kind of fun. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like selling them directly uh, is probably... Uh, uh, I, don't, I guess in that, in that instance, I would probably prefer them to be randomized to, to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if... if I think this kind of also touches on, on a thing I wanted to address briefly, which is, like, um, in terms of, like, in terms of the, comparing, like, say, the, the Dragon Age uh, armor versus the um, the Shadow of War armor, or the Shadow of War loot boxes, there there's a specific way in which I like the Shadow of War loot boxes better, and that's in this, this completionist aspect, right? Like, I know I will never have every single piece of shadow of war dlc because loot boxes are not like a finite thing it's not like you can only have like five loot boxes or whatever so like that's in this hole i never actually have to go to that watering hole but there is kind of like this tug on me when i see like an unpurchased dlc slot for me to go and grab that um Anyway, if, if that makes sense. You know, that's actually very true. And in a lot of ways, I think that's kind of the big advantage to specific DLC for something like Total War. Um, at the end of the day, if it was $3 loot boxes, get a random Legendary Lord. Um, I feel like I would just buy the same number of loot boxes. But, like, also get the discount. Because I would want every Legendary Lord. Yeah, yeah, Lord. yeah. You know what I, mean? I own all the... I own literally every piece of DLC for Total War Warhammer 1. Um, so, uh, when, when the system is finite like that, and it's kind of built to be finite like that, I kind of feel like it inherently has those kinds of troubles. Yeah, I'm, but, but my, my point being that, like, I prefer Shadow, like, on, like, a macro scale, I prefer the Shadow of War, or, uh, in this way, I prefer Shadow of War, because even if, like, without considering that aspect of it, like, seeing on my, like, product page, like, an unbought DLC bothers me as a collect like a collector yeah yeah i feel that um and so like even pull to be honest like even if i never plan on using that armor because i like equipping like you know part of the joy for me the fundamental joy for me is equipping my own people um and so i would never use those i kind of feel like i want to buy it anyway so i have the complete game um whereas that pull isn't there in shadow of war or a loot box based game because i know i can never have every loot box um and, and so um i don't know i i do you have any deeper thoughts on that i i just i i i feel like that's a very tertiary concern and i'm not willing to kind of stake out like loot boxes are better because they don't have that pull but i do think it, it, it's definitely a thing i mean i think i think it's something that is uh that is good for i mean i don't know i mm, let me think so what I thought you were going for when it came to the completionist stuff, uh, like, I, like I guess I thought what you might be addressing is the idea that like um, in Shadow of War, the total game, right, the full game with the quote-unquote true ending is only unlockable um, after this huge grind at the end of the game, um, you know, uh, and uh, 
that bothers me. I guess if if loot boxes are your window to that, are like loot boxes are your window to that kind of play of the game. But like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it because like you know uh, the the example that I made at the time uh, when we first heard about this is it kind of depends on what what kind of true ending it is. Like for instance, in Mass Effect Two, there's a quote unquote true ending. Um, where you get through the whole game and you, uh, uh, you get through the whole game and, uh, and like none of your crew members die and everything like that. Like you properly prepare for the suicide right. mission, right? Most people, when they go through the game kind of blind the first time, end up with a couple crew members dying, um, because you know, they don't, you know, like they don't play, they don't play it right essentially. Right, right. Um, but like you can play it in such an order that you, you save everyone kind of thing and you buy all these upgrades and all these other sorts of, uh, and like all these other sorts of things along those lines. Um, that kind of true ending being behind loot boxes would really bother me. Uh, but the kind of true ending that's like, you know, at the end of mass effect three, if you play on, uh, if you, if you have high renegade points or something and you play on, um, um, uh, and and you choose like the destroy the mall ending, right? There's a there's a there's a tiny credit after credits cutscene where like the camera zooms in on like Shepard's corpse, and right before the camera cuts away, like he takes like a sharp breath sort of thing. If that were behind loot boxes, I could give a shit. You know what I mean? Like that's something that I'll just fucking watch in a YouTube video. Okay. Um, that's not what I was getting at. That's that's. I think no, I know that's point. not what you're getting at. It's just why. It, it, but that's what I thought you were going okay. for when you, when you said completionist, uh, which is why I wanted to bring it. Okay, up. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. No. The, what I'm getting at is kind of like, um, you know, let's say we implemented my plan for Dragon Age loot boxes, um, and that was instead of the 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 uh, the level the the DLC armor that you described, I would in a way like that better because I would not feel compelled to buy the Dragon Age loot boxes, whereas in a way I feel compelled to buy the Dragon Age armor DLC so I have a complete game. Right. Um, do you, you, you have any kind of, like, how, mu how much of a concern do you, do you think that is kind of like the... Because honestly, I, I think, I actually think, that now that I, that I say it again, I think this is actually the, the, the opposite problem, um, which is... Uh, the the fact these loot boxes are designed basically to target um, vulnerable people in a way. Um, I don't think people make maybe make a secret out of it. But these, these loot boxes in general, I think, are designed to 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 target people with addictive personalities that are willing to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on loot boxes, which I think in itself is a uh, is kind of despicable morally. Uh, yeah, I, that's a really tough. I mean, okay. Like proving, yeah, like yeah. I, I get that proving intent is is hard there. Like, I mean, any, yeah. I, so it's not even about proving intent, but it's also kind of just like a rabbit hole to a certain extent. Sure. Um, where it's kind of just like I feel like if I start taking that kind of a like a view, um, it's not just video games that fall apart under that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no. It's, like it's. It's like a lot casinos, of stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's food, right? You know, processed sugar is very addictive, so it gets oh, put in lots saying. of... You know what I mean? Like, it's everywhere, I think. Uh, it's everywhere. And I definitely do think it sucks. Uh, even to the extent that I feel like I am, a, you know, like I am one of the addictive personality kinds of people that get this, uh, uh, you know, like 
that get that that fall into the trap sometimes because I do right you know like I buy Hearthstone cards and I bought League of Legends skins and well these Legends skins aren't quite as bad um, and stuff like that right like I don't have a lot of compunction you know I have yeah. I have cash and I I feel okay um, uh, spending spending it on. Uh, like spending it on randomized game bullshit, right? Right, but um, you're but you're, you're not you're not the type of person who will like spend all of your money on that, right? Like you're you're not you're not a person with with. Uh, with that's the, true. That yeah, I'm not. I yeah, I don't have like a, yeah. like a gambling problem. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I, I I do want to rephrase that because I actually don't want to kind of like lay the responsibility for dealing with addicts at companies' feet, but like there there is there is a a type of player who will spend thousands of dollars. Um, no, so, yeah, and, and I and, and I then they can, they can afford it, right? Like that's well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. I mean, and I actually do think, and I want to be clear that I, I I I think it's okay to take this kind of stance in some places, right? Like for instance, I mean, mobile games that make their money off of whales, right? Like we've heard this, and yeah. whether or not it's apocryphal is kind of like up for debate and everything like that. But at the end of the day, right? Like if you're a mobile game and you're banking that twenty percent of your players are going to spend ninety percent of the money that comes into the game. You know what I mean? Like, that's a shitty business model. It's predatory. That yeah. really sucks, right? Like, it's the yes. same thing as, like, predatory lending. And and, and the, the way I would call out that industry and say that that industry is awful and horrible, I would say the exact same thing about these mobile games. So I think there's a line, and it's very possible to cross it. Um, I just, I guess I don't think that a lot of these AAA games has ever really gotten close to that. Yeah. So you know? so I'm, I'm concerned about Shadow of War in this instance, if only because it seems like there's no other reason for it to be there. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's real. That's real. That is my biggest concern. Um, and I kind of want to roll this into, um, one of the things that's kind of been buzzing about the, the kind of the, the, the Twitter sphere, um, is the idea that, um, look, I, I did, I did, did a total biscuit. The idea that, um, uh, that, uh, the ESRB should, put a gambling, like, you know, basically rate these mature because they contain gambling elements. Um, or, you know, the ESRB should take some sort of action to point out this practice. Um, and uh, uh, and the ESRB has said they, w they will not because you always get something out of the, the, the boxes. Um, I want to get your take on that. I also want to kind of submit for, um, kind of like, it's kind of a side point, um, something that friend of the cast, Charles, brought up, which is basically the ESRB is an industry-run um, organization, so it's kind of got a vested interest in not calling out that behavior, um, although I would argue kind of um, that the ESRB is designed to kind of hold off uh, government regulation, and so um, if, like, the if some senator gets a hold of this is like, think of the children, then maybe the ESRB has a vested interest in keeping the, this stuff out of out of kids' hands. You and I um, have had a, you and I have had conversations along these lines actually, and we've come down on different because I once I think I compared it a little bit to the uh, or well I didn't quite compare it, but like we've talked a little bit about how situations like this um, uh, can play out in in the context of movies and like the MPAA and everything like that, right? Um, I I am uh, I am kind of on the on. I mean, just putting a warning on there doesn't doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. Like I, you know, I'm not a big fan uh, of the ability um, of the ESRB to write something mature, like M for mature, so that only certain types of kids can buy it, sort of thing. You know, in the same way, I, I'm not a big fan of rated R movies. You know, not be a, you know, you can't go to a rated R movie if you're 
17 or you know whatever it is 14 kind of thing you know um i think at the end of the day like it's not our job to litigate uh or like legislate that sort of thing yeah i mean i'm, um, I'm definitely on there too it's just that these are all voluntary things like i think yeah you, yeah yeah but the, but that's the, that's kind of the difference that i'm making right like these are some of the actions that i think are bad about the e, the like the esrb um but a version of things where they just kind of put on a gambling you know like a gambling morning that doesn't seem all that bad to me i don't know does that i don't know um, it's just like I, I mean, how effective are the like this might kill you Surgeon General warnings on cigarette packs? Um, I mean, it depends, right? Like in Australia, they're like half the box, and they have like a picture of somebody with cancer, um, like a picture of like like cancer lungs or something. They're wow. like horrifying. That's uh, awesome, actually. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, really fucking metal. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I I think that's kind of like the uh, like. Putting, like, a parental advisory sticker I don't think is a problem. I, I part of me depends on, like, how you want to sell it. Because at the end of the day, I don't think, like, a big red sticker that says, Warning! Contains gambling! Is appropriate either. Um, I think, like, an a, initiative to kind of uh, educate parents. I also think that, like, kind of, like, what I would prefer people to do or do things, like, put on parental control. So, like, you know, little Timmy wants to play Shadow of War... Um, and so the dad boots it up and is like, oh, this has microtransactions. Uh, let me put on a password so little Jimmy doesn't, like, buy, you know, $10,000 worth of Mordor apples or whatever so that he can he can get all of his orcs. Or, um, I guess they're gold coins in Shadow of Mordor. I was, I was thinking of the very famous um, case where it was a Smurfs mobile game where you had to buy berries and some kid just bought a couple thousand dollars with them because they didn't have any concept of what they were doing. Um, and that led Apple to take action. Um, in that kind of way, I think that, like, um, the industry has an interest in kind of at least... I think rating a game M is a step too far. Um, I do think kind of a separate classification that kind of indicates what's happening, kind of how, like, the, the different uh, app stores now have, like, in-app purchases as a note on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually a great example, actually. Um, I think kind of a specific warning for randomized loot boxes, I think, is is kind of justified. Um, uh, not not that it needs to be like I said. I don't I don't think it should be like a you know quarter of the box red flag yeah, warning, but like next to the E, maybe like a, a different classification, like L for loot boxes, uh, or something, right? Like it's something that's also e easily. Uh, easily understood yeah yeah i don't know i mean i i i specifically did not buy shadow of war because of these loot boxes right uh, as, as did i, I. vote for i want to i yeah i actually hate this concept in general because i think it's dumb uh when people say it but i am voting with my wallet to say that this is a dumb idea and i don't want it in triple a triple a games uh and i will buy it later you know yeah, so, um, so um, I, I want to bring up something that the friend of the cast, Charles, also said. It's like, like, maybe the correct strategy is to buy the game but not buy any loot boxes, which shows publishers that these loot boxes are bullshit. Um, but I don't know how I feel about like Because it's much harder to recognize, for a game company to tell the difference between someone who didn't buy the game because of loot boxes and just wouldn't have bought the game in the first place, um, where it's very tangible to them to see that, like, you know, 61% of people didn't buy any loot boxes. 
so the I actually don't know that I agree with that. Uh, mostly what I what I disagree with is um, I, so what I'm hoping, and I don't know any of these sales numbers, right? Right, right. Um, for instance, uh, this kind of thing gets talked a lot about movies because like box office is a very public thing, like how much money um, gets made is like a is like a public thing at the box office kind of. Um, but uh, essentially, what I'm hoping is that because people don't buy Shadow of War. Uh, that there are, that less people you know what I mean that like well, they look it, at this and they say oh my god this this release is worse than Shadow of Mordor like that would be like the pipe dream right if the release is smaller than Shadow of Mordor is um, because you know like because of anything I mean I'm pretty sure like that like that would send a clearer message yeah to me. I, I I think the concern there is that they look at it and they say it's not because of loot boxes it's for I don't know Lord of the Rings isn't popular anymore or you know, some other bullshit reason. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder how much they can really get away from that. Uh, yeah. Uh, get like get away from that story. I guess. Yeah. So I I think I think this is where Charles's argument is much stronger. Is that it is if nobody buys loop if people buy the game but nobody buys loot boxes that sends a very clear message that people don't want loot boxes. Um, even though, you know, maybe at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt their, their bottom line as, as much as it would otherwise. It's at least very clear in, in what the messaging is. Um, I, okay. So here's my thing that I'm, that I guess I'm kind of afraid of is that like, I very tangibly feel like I am part of the, I, I guess it just feels more impactful for me not to have bought the game at all. Yeah, no, that's uh, then fair. To, uh, then to have bought the game but not bought loot boxes, because the thing about the, the like the thing about buying loot boxes is that even though I don't buy any, I don't control that like the percentage that does, I guess. And so yeah, maybe it's sixty one percent, and they say and they see that you know m you know the majority of people don't buy loot boxes, but maybe they look and they say you know what, thirty nine percent is a pretty good you know return. Four out of every ten people are buying. Are buying a loot box we like those numbers you know what i mean like yeah i mean the thing the thing i'm most afraid of in this case is is you know is whatever happens you know it's like well we sold less copies but we made more money overall because of crazy people uh and then shadow of the sh you know like these games are terrible forevermore uh so uh i don't know I don't know. But it's, it's. I think it's worrying. Regardless, it is worrying. Regardless, I do want to uh, take a take a second to talk about this patent. In a lot of ways, I actually think that this patent is kind of the worst. Like the loot boxes stuff matters a lot to me and everything. Um, but uh, uh, the okay, so I just have the Polygon article up. This is how Polygon describes it. They say the system, as described in the filing, which is you know a pat is, is ballpark kind of. A patent for microtransactions um, influencing matchmaking, right? The system, as described in the filing, would match up, quote-unquote, junior players with more experienced ones who own items that the game determined are, quote-unquote, of potential interest to the juniors. This discrepancy is intended to encourage the lesser players to then purchase those items in an effort to stand a better chance alongside their teammates. Um, that is freaky. Right? Like, isn't that... Doesn't that just, like, put chills down your spine, dude? That's, like, the end of matchmaking as we know it, I feel like. Uh, yeah, because you're matching people on, on, uh... On, uh... On, on ability to... On, on, like, potential money rather than on, like, challenge. Yeah, yeah. 
they they go on to talk about it. In I also another think this kind of... shouldn't be patented. Just kind of hearing that, like this doesn't seem like a, a thing that should be patentable. But that that's more that's more of a comment on the patent system as a whole, um, which I have problems with. Fair but. enough. Uh, there's a, they, they, there's like kind of another aspect to this where um, when a player makes a game-related purchase, this is also a quote from Polygon, uh, the microtransaction engine may encourage future purchases by matching the player in a gameplay session that will utilize the game-related purchase. The patent okay. filing reads, doing so may enhance the level of enjoyment by the player for the game-related purchase, which may encourage future purchases. For example, if the player purchased a particular weapon, the microtransaction engine may match the player in a gameplay session in which the particular weapon is highly effective, giving the player an impression that the particular weapon was a good purchase. Holy shit, this yeah. Stuff. Yeah, right? So, like, isn't that the... Fr Most of that was quotes, right? Like, that's freaky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking at the patent filing right now. Um, like, the problem here is not even the, the purchasing agent. It's the fact they're building the game such that... Like, they're building the game such that, like, a particular weapon is, is you know, is particularly effective in, a, in, in, like, a certain play mode. It just seems like bad design for limited layouts like this, if that makes sense. Right? Like if I, I, I can't imagine a situation where that kind of like design is acceptable. Yeah. Uh, to be clear at the end of the article, I guess I'm just like a polygon hack at the moment. Uh, at the end of the article, they do talk about um, uh, like the kind of counter argument is essentially that uh, the patent was actually filed two years ago, and in the two years since, it has not been implemented in any games. Uh, an Activision spokesperson said that the patent was merely exploratory. Um, excuse me. Yeah, may maybe... And, act and, and, ga and game companies apparently do these kinds of patents pretty commonly, where they just kind of patent random shit that like the devs think up, uh, but they don't make it in, in any of their games just to kind of have it sort of thing. Uh, so even though that sort of thing sounds terrifying to me, um, there's a pretty good, there's a pretty good, uh, the, argument that, to be made that it's not like, it's not on the horizon or th anything. That would be the fucking heel face turn of the century. If Activision came out, it was like, we thought of this and we patented it that way. No one can ever do it. Oh my God. You're welcome. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be really funny. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Shit. I've I've got a lot of problems with this kind of just again based on the fact that it that it exists in any way, shape, or form. Like this isn't like, like, I don't know. I've got such problems with with the with the patent system as, as it is. Uh, <laughs> well, let's not get into that. Yeah. Um, how 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 was your week? Is there anything else you wanted we wanted to to hit on when it comes to the recent spat of monetization troubles? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, what you got anything else? No, I I, I think we uh, I think we about handled it. For... All right. Yeah. All right. Let's let's jump into our weeks. Um, top of the order. Something I wanna I wanna let you know that I have uh, been playing a little bit recently. Uh, it's a little game called uh, League of Legends. I finally played a game after like a year of not playing. Um, uh, for various essential reasons, but uh, um. I was, I was kind of, when I was thinking about playing it, I was like, you know, kind of getting into this mode and maybe we could do an episode on this is like, after not playing for a year and really not paying attention to anything, how easily can I get back into this? 
I think I talked about this a little bit before because I also watched some Worlds um, events and, like, okay. the things I didn't understand. Like, there was enough that I got that I could still watch, but then there were, like, there were heroes that I didn't know what they did. There were items that I was unfamiliar with. Um, and then playing the game, like, I played Jungle Nautilus and I totally fucked it up. We managed to win the game because I guess... It was three of us who hadn't played in a long time, so I guess the game just matched us with... It seemed like bots, almost. Um, but uh, they, they were terrible, so we were able to win regardless. Um, and just kind of, like, jumping back into that has been a very interesting experience. Um, and kind of, like, reacclimating myself to the knowledge, right? Like, um, you know, you know, I got juggles, like, oh, I know what I'll do in the juggle. I'll play Nautilus, I jump on champion, that DG, and Nautilus jungle is is apparently his least paid role of the roles he plays. Wow. Um, uh, and like, like I said, I had trouble with, uh, getting that first clear done, which, um, I, in retrospect, I might not have room pages set up cause they might've reset the room pages or something and that might've done it. Um, so I'll have to go check that. Um, but even like the masteries all changed a bunch. It's just kind of like digging back, like the kind of burden of knowledge wall for Mobus is always kind of, been like 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 a big part of of why MOBAs are a hard genre to break into as a player um and it's still like I, I can confidently say that that's still a problem uh excuse me or i mean that, that that problem is a problem that kind of comes back into play if, if you don't play for a while interesting that's interesting i have resisted i guess this call but i feel like uh that is a pretty good idea for a podcast episode to go back and play league after Having not played for more than a year, about a year and a half at this point, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was literally the day before Overwatch. It was like Overwatch released on May 24th. I don't know why I remember that. Um, but May 23rd was my last game of League of Legends. Uh, which is funny because I don't really play all that much Overwatch. Yeah, I mean, it was Overwatch rolled into Legion. Yeah, uh, that's true. Overwatch rolled into WoW. Uh, yeah, um, the other thing I was going to ask about is uh, is Destiny 2 comes out in a couple of days. Are, are you hyped? Are you ready to go? I am so hyped. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, I have heard kind of, like, things about the longevity of it, but you know what? I'm, I'm excited to play with people, right? Like, I know so many, like, you're getting it. Yeah. Uh, friend of the cast, Monik, is getting it. Uh, other people are getting it. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm excited to have a game that we can all kind of play together again. Um, just because we, we haven't, like, PUBG's gotten close, um, WoW was kind of close when it was in its heyday, but, uh, I don't know, I, I, I kind of wanted, I, I kind of wanted a game where we can all just kind of jump in and be ha a happy family again. Yeah, I definitely get that. A lot of my, a lot of my friends from WoW, uh, are also getting into it. We're making a clan, uh, I don't know what, if there was any, I mean, I, you guys can just come, it's the same people like Sarian and Nojimbu and everyone, um. Uh, so th I feel like there's going to be a lot of a lot of people playing uh, Destiny 2. I'm mostly excited to play because I haven't seen anything about it. Like I bought it with free WoW gold, which is nice. Um, um, but uh, the uh, I I don't really know much about the game at all. I've never I because the first one was console only, and I knew I wasn't getting a console. I just never dealt with it. I just never even pretended to uh care about it um so I, I don't know any of the lore or anything kind of along those lines uh but i like the halo series a lot you know like i and i i think bungie are a pretty good uh developer overall so i'm kind of excited to see what they have in store i guess um yeah um uh i i don't know i i feel like i feel like 
we're gonna create a derp squad clan some of us so because uh, we've do they have microtransactions in this? They must, right? Like They do. I believe it's for shaders and emotes, though. The big controversy for the console release was that shaders are no longer unlimited use, and so people are mad about that. What is that. a shader? Like, Bas a, like it, a graphics shader? It's basically you, you slot it in, or at least the way it worked in Destiny 1 was you slot it in, and it changes the color scheme of the armor you're wearing. Oh, okay, okay. Instead of It's, it's, it's like dyes, but instead of dying an individual piece... Um, you kind of, like, die your whole set. At least that's the way it worked in Destiny 1. It, may, it okay. might work differently here. Because um, I, I also have kind of kept outside of the news, outside of... My brother, um, I got my brother Destiny 1 for Christmas the year it came out, and he fucking loved it and played it forever. Um, and he, he jumped on top of Destiny 2, and he says that the raids are great, um, and that everything's fun. Um, but uh, 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 other people we've talked to uh, uh, have said that there's not a ton of content in it right now. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um... Other thing, I, other thing I want to talk about is I picked up Elex. I picked, this is the game I picked up instead of buying Shadow of War. Right, right. So, you that. Yeah. If, if you're listening, WB, you lost a sale to, to, <laughs> to Elex. No more loot boxes. So Elex is an interesting game. It's an open world game in kind of the style of Witcher, I want to say, because it's, uh, it's like a named protagonist. Um, it kind of follows a, a more set storyline, but still has these big open world elements. Um, the setting is kind of like um, it, it, it's weird because it's like, it's like a post-apocalyptic non-Earth setting. So there's like some guns, um, and, but there's also some like, like traditional sword stuff. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. But one of the things that I want to point out is, is that this game feels kind of like The Witcher 1 in that it's very, very Euro janky. Um, um, so it's just kind of like things don't feel quite right. There's, there's like, you know, that, that weird kind of like inexplicable like Eurojank feeling of like uh things aren't doing quite what they're supposed to but it's working well enough that i'm still enjoying it so i don't think it's like a, a premium product in that regard um i also think they made a couple of missteps in like so the first area you go to is kind of like the skyrim-esque area um and i don't want to say skyrim because it's, it's more kind of like it's like foresty but it's barbarians um, but one of their things is that they don't like technology, like technology is verboten, which is fine, but it really kind of like weirds out the setting you're in because, because it's supposed to be kind of a mishmash of this kind of like primitive and advanced technology. Right. Um, the fact that like this whole first part of the game is, is, is devoid of any of that. Like, you know, you're not allowed to pull out technological, you're not supposed to pull out technological items in the city of the, uh, barbarians, um, is kind of a weird decision. Also, like one of the coolest things about this game is you've got a jetpack. Um, like right from the very beginning, you kind of it enables a lot of like freeform exploration that I love. But they seem to have in some ways forgotten or like did not taken that amount of mobility into account. Like there's a, a mission very early on where like um uh you you need to like get to the bottom of uh of a cliff. So basically the barbarians um, when you when you break the law, you get exiled and you get thrown to the bottom. It's called like the Valley of the Exiles, and there's a bunch of monsters down there, and there's this big elevator, um, and the elevator's broken right now, and uh, uh, it's heavily implied that uh, that that it's broken for intentional reasons. There's a missing gear. Um, 
side note, another thing that they do that I that I, I you know I, I'm less of a fan of now is like when you select it as your it's like we lost the gear. We don't know where it is. And when you put the you select the quest tracker, select it in the tr- quest tracker, mm-hmm. it like it's like dot pops up some map. Gear is here, right? Like like the, you know it, it totally gets rid of of any mystery about it. Right? Like it's like this is exactly where it is. Um and the character makes some comment about like, well, I guess they'll have to find some other way down the cliffside. I was like, what do you mean? I literally just jumped off the cliff and like <laughs> used the jetpack to like slow my fall. Um, and uh, the other part of this too is there's a quick travel system and it makes a little bit more sense than like your Skyrim because they're teleporters and you're supposed to be tiling into the teleporters. It makes more sense than lore. And the teleporters right on back on top of the wall. So they don't even have to climb back up. Um, uh, and so like little things like that, like it's got kind of a lot of those same kind of uh, you know, lots of junk junk that you can pick up um, that, like, you're kept from picking up because of weight limits. Mm. Your character doesn't have any weight limits. So, like, you just pick up... And there's not as much trash, but it's like, you just pick up everything. I've got, like, 42 mugs sitting around just to sell out for, like, two... And that's the other part. The merchants don't have that, like, gold limit thing that's, like, that I think makes it work so well in Skyrim that, like, the, you can't sell everything to a merchant because they just don't have the funds to buy it all off of right, you. Right, right. Um... And so, uh, and so, that all combined has led to a very unique experience. Like, I, like, I won't say it's broken because it seems designed around that. Like, things are expensive enough that it kind of seems like it's taking that into account. Um, but it, it it feels it feels very rough around the edges. That being said, it's still a neat system. And I still look forward to playing more of it. Um, um, also, the voice acting is terrible, but there's voice acting for every single line. It's like the weirdest. It's like they got like they must have like called like their friends in, and <laughs> because there's so much dialogue, um, and it's so funny too because like there is a character in the Viking, um, uh, in the Viking or the the Berserker Village, and his name is J O R A. Now, guess how you would pronounce that, buddy? Jora. Jor- so. There's a conversation between two characters where one of the characters refers to him as Jora, and the other character refers to him as Yora, and they're talking oh about each other. <laughs> it's like super clear that they, they recorded it independently. It's just it's just um and like the dialogue's not very good, but like it's all it, it's all there, it's all voice acted, and like there's these weird scenes where like, you know, they have their like character voice and then they have their like generic lines for when you act like you know, there's story NPCs that are also like shopkeepers, right? And when you say like um when you say, like, can I trade with you, they'll be like, sure, or like, sure thing, in a voice that sounds similar, but is very clearly of a different candor, and of, like, slightly different, like, voice quality, that makes you think that it, it just, it feels so rough, but it's still such a neat game, that I would say that it, it's, it's you know, it's, it's 50 bucks, so it's not quite 60, and if you want to have fun just fooling around with it, I think it's worth exploring, but I, 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 I have to give this like a seventy percent kind of fan of the genre level score. Um, if I if I had to put a number on it, okay, interesting. That's 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 really interesting. I guess. Yeah. Um. Of note, this is from THQ Nordic, uh, which is you know THQ the THQ died and right. their IP was purchased by Nordic Games by um, a Piranha Games, which is either the same team or a lot of the same. Uh, a lot of the same people that made Gothic 1 and Gothic 2 and things that I've read online are like it's very similar to that. Something else I wanted to point out really quick is that the game is hard, but in a, not in like a, in kind of, you know, you know how like Skyrim scales everything to your level? Yeah. This, this game does not. 
and it makes exploration simultaneously really cool and really frustrating because like you know there are areas you can't go but it's not immediately apparent from the outset um and so i appreciate the fact that i can't just go anywhere but i also kind of wish there were better like if you target an enemy and it'll have like a little skull next to it if you probably can't beat it but by the time you can like get that to pull up it's probably close enough to be hitting you so you're just kind of running away <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's funny sorry it's just I really like that that image. Oh, I wonder, man, I wonder if that troll is something that I can fight. And then you and then you like click on it or whatever as it's like running towards you. Be like, wait, is the skull? Is there a skull oh, on there? Yeah, wait, yeah, oh, no! <laughs> that's that's basically it. And you know, things are decently runawayable from, but you know, it's it, it's it's all kind of in there. And like, it's also not like super well defined. It's one of those things. It's it's neat because it makes sense, but it's like. Things along the road you can probably deal with, um, and things further out are a little bit tougher, but then there are parts that, like, you know, maybe you can't deal with it, um, and, like, but you can run past it, and, like, like I, I, I was at a point about eight hours in where I kind of was out of quests that were I was able to reasonably accomplish without kind of dying to level monsters that were too high for me, um, except for this one that was across the map at like the second town which is kind of like the mad max town um basically there's like techno priests mad maxers and and uh and uh barbarians and those are the three main factions um and i had to like run past a roadblock with enemies too high for me but then when i got close to the town there were enemies that were at the right level and there was clearly there's stuff for me to do in the town so it, it just kind of like it's a neat design but it's very rough and i think it, like i'm interested to kind of like think about how you could make that system better um, I'm very intrigued by this game is probably the best way to put it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, I've mostly just been playing Total War. So, yeah. You know, uh, the, the cool news with the Total War is that they released the, um, well, so first of all, the Mortal Empires, which is the combined map mode, uh, is being released next week, next, next Thursday, uh, which I am eminently excited for. I'm going to paint the whole world green, uh, Orion and and the Wood Elves will will take a will take a take a take a paint paint. I'm I'm not gonna stick with this metaphor any longer. Okay. Not, not if I uh, <laughs> not if I paint it green with orcs first. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Do you want to play? Do you want to play orcs? Uh, I don't know. I like I've been liking the lizard people the bit I've been playing. Have uh, you been playing Mazda Monday or Krakar? Uh, the the Toad. Okay, so Mazda Monday, yeah. Yeah, I played a Monster Monday campaign and got and it got pretty far in it, but then I restarted as Krokgar and Krokgar. I, I'm a big fan of the melee hero or the melee legendary lords, like spellcaster legendary lords. I have a tough time with, mm. um, to a certain extent. But yeah, so I have one. I have a campaign in each of the four races, and I'm just like rotating between them, um, <laughs> which is simultaneously not getting me very far, but also like fun and interesting and i have these really bad habits that you know like i i went from playing skaven who have garbage millet who have garbage infantry but really strong artillery and stuff like that so i was playing these kind of artillery focused battles and, and everything along the lines of playing um uh to playing lizardmen who have really strong infantry but they don't really have much else that's that's good uh, and I was getting, like, super wrecked because I just, like, wasn't switching up my tactics quickly enough. Um, 
But yeah, but yeah. So they released the they they released the map with all the starting positions of the legendary lords. Everybody's really mad about it because um, it was always the, it was always they always said that they were going to trim uh, aspects of the Warhammer Two map in order to make it like all of the Warhammer One map was going to be there, right? Uh, but they were going to be they were going to trim back parts of the Warhammer Two map because the Warhammer Two map uh, was too big. Okay. So they cut off the southern part of the Southlands, which is essentially Africa, um, Lustria, which is essentially South America, and the western edges of Lustria, and uh, Nagaroth, uh, which is the, the North America kind of thing. Um, and smushed, and it looks like things have been pretty smushed together. Uh, it like, just from the looks of it, um, it seems to see, it seems to show uh, that there, like, is just not a ton of ocean space between places. Um, so it'll be a kind of a hop, skip, and a jump for, like, Bretonia to go to Ulthuan, where the High Elves are, uh, and then the High Elves to go to, you know, Mazda Mundi, or to, uh, Nagarond, um, or anything along those, you know, anything along those lines. Uh, I'm very interested to, to see kind of, like, what it is and how it, how it, how it all works out. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I'm, next week's gonna be an exciting weekend games, because we've got Destiny on Tuesday, this map on Thursday, and, uh, Super Mario Odyssey on Friday. Oh, holy shit, Super Mario Odyssey. Are you yeah, excited? I am so excited. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> don't fucking don't fucking hate. <laughs> I, I hate, man. I don't know anything about... I, I hate enough on Mario. I don't think I need to add any hate to Super Mario Odyssey, you know? You I hate, hope it works out for you. I, it will. <laughs> It'll be better than fucking Mass Effect Andromeda. Fight me. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, um... Uh, something we should talk about, since we've got two weeks of it to talk about, is uh, Hell's Rebels. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, we do have two weeks to talk about it. I forgot. Um, yeah. Um, so I we, guess because we recorded early. We recorded early, or we recorded normal time last week. We're recording late this week. Right, um, right, right. To, to look behind the curtain. So we've got the session where we talked to Lilith and the session where we talked to uh, the cat people. Um, uh, the Rahadumi. Um, uh what did you th or did, did you want to give you my why don't you give me I, your I, thoughts i i am uh i don't know i'm i'm interested to see what you think i guess i don't know in, in a weird way this is kind of almost like standard because so much of this section of the has just been running around to different factions and allying with them um yeah so the um the only th like so, so the big thing that i kind of took away from the, the the big thing that I didn't that I felt weird about in the in the first session with Lilith is that, um, it felt like we couldn't walk away without agreeing, um, which felt weird. Um. Oh really? Yeah. Like you felt like if you had said no, she wouldn't have let you leave. Yeah, basically. Oh okay, okay. Um, which I think wasn't your intention. But, oh, it was not my intention. No. Yeah, but, but I mean I get it, but yeah. yeah. Um. And so that that kind of felt like not that I blame you for this, but like it, it's kind of like like we were unhappy. I feel like we were the unhappiest about dealing with them. But you know there was a legitimate thing there, right? Like we did want to deal with those beastmen herds in some way. Um, that was a way to deal with it. So, um, and then the other the, the thing about the Rahadum was like I was ready to walk into this, um, especially with the, with with uh, with with Rakax's general attitude towards the Rahadum, and just be like, oh, thanks, but no thanks, bye. Um, and just not do them, um, which seems like it would have fucked with your plans a little bit. 
Um, so I apologize if, if, or I, you know, I guess I don't need to apologize because we ended up do, using them anyway. Um, but what would you have done if, if we had just kind of walked? Because, because I was kind of expect, frankly, expecting that to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of this that is, um, there's a certain amount of this is kind of like built around. Okay, so, so the hook with the Leonin is that they seem shady and have ulterior motives because everybody in the campaign does, but they kind of don't, right? Right. That they're just. You know what I mean? Like these these are altruistic, ideologically driven people. Um, so there's and and so there's no like deeper in, in a lot of ways they're they're meant to look a lot like the opposite, I guess, of um, uh, of the academy. Um, God, I wanted to call it the Deep Mar Academy. That's not the name of the Sap Catalyst. Uh, the Sap Catalyst Academy, um, because the Sap Catalyst Academy is. They look, you know, they, they look fine and upstanding, uh, but then you kind of get hints that there's something a little bit wrong, and you investigate those hints, and it's like, wow, this is some, you know, like, wow, like th this is some heinous bullshit kind of thing, right? Right. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, the Leiden are built to kind of look the opposite of that, um, where... You know, and I want to, and I want to, and I want to mention, by the way, that I'm not confirming or denying whether or not they are shady. It's just what right. they are meant to look like, right, right. Um, in the sense that, like, you know, oh, fucking Alaric finds out that he's lying about where he is, but then he asks, and the guy immediately cops to it, like it's not a thing. Right, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, like all of these things kept coming. It was like, oh, the money, right? Like, what are they putting the money? And you guys were, and you ran through it. Um, but yeah, that was always kind of the intention. Um, mostly because I think it's interesting for Rakax to kind of see what, you know, insofar as Rakax starts off at this, like, huge, you know, with this huge hatred of the Leonin, like, what does he do when he is presented with Leonin, who seem to be upstanding, you know, uh, you know, noble people, right? Right. Um, emphasis on seem, they could be shady. Who knows? Yeah. I can't, I can't confirm or deny one way or the other. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, um, the thing that sucks about Lilith is, uh, that I felt like I had to kind of make her bargain really too hard to put away because she's, you know what I mean? Like, I had to compensate so much for how evil she was. Right. Um, to make the argument, to make the deal competitive. You know what I mean? Right. And so, in a certain sense, if I, if I let her be her, and I'm more consistent with what, like, quote-unquote, her character would be. Uh, you end up in a spot where you just instantly say no, right? Like, why Why on earth yeah. would you ever even agree um, to, to, to Lilith's thing if, you know, she is... Uh... I, and so and so that and so that's like the the problem for me when it comes to when it came to like that bit is I felt like I had to supercharge Lilith in terms of what she's willing to give you in order to compensate for you know the fact that she's evil and you've been fighting her all campaign long right right, right. Um, so far right um though I also want to say like I you know I also want to say that the the idea is that you have you know you have the choice and you can uh you know, I, I was expecting you guys not to get all seven. I was expecting you guys to 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 willfully turn some 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 help down and kind of end up with like five of seven sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, we, if we hadn't stumbled across the well, we can use we can use the the land in to deal with the beastman prob thing. Then we might like because that, that that is effectively doing that right. We're like using. We're using one force to take care of another, and so that brings us down to five out of seven. Right. Yeah. So, uh, 
You know, that, that'll be interesting to see how that played out. But it just kind of like, would, would Rakaxus not have gotten a third feat if we just were like, no thanks to, to the Leonin? Uh, I had another feat. I had okay. another, uh, I had a, like an, al an alternate feat ready. Ooh. Uh, Spicy. I like that feat a lot less. Uh, so I'm glad that he, I mean, to a certain extent, I feel like I pushed was it, it. Was it also a quote from Batman v Superman? Uh, no, that one, see, okay, so the original two, um, the original two that I put in were those, you know, like, the, were these two, and then, maybe like a week ago, I realized that, like, if they turn down the lane and it doesn't make sense for him to get this order of the right. Outriders, you know, set of things, right, like, it just thematically doesn't make any sense, so I just kind of whipped one up to, uh... No, no, that, that's uh, uh, it, to, to cover to cover the base. <laughs> that's cool, though. That is, it's 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 neat to know that you you anticipated it. How much of you just kind of in that same vein? You also kind of dropped, um, uh, like you're the one that suggested. Like you you mentioned that the landing could take care. You you could the landing could deal with the beastman hordes. Obviously, they don't know about us dealing with the beastman hordes. But how much of that was was you trying to drop a hint? Drop a hint to what? I mean that we could like, you you said you had the land and say basically we could deal with the beastman hordes, um obviously in the context that, um, that uh that they don't know that we're working with them at this point. But oh, that, but oh. Uh, the so more. so the reason that they said that is because the beastmen are the more relevant military problem, right? Uh, in Ravenel, right? Like it's obvious the, about the warhood. So, um, you know, Omoon and uh, Shurak don't know about the impending. They they don't know about Manador keep stuff, but they do know that you need an army. You know what I mean? So it, that is the reason that they understand you need an army. Uh, is to defeat the Beastmen um, and later to kind of take on Barzillai Thrun. And so it was just kind of that, like, little window. It's not that the, it would have been in, inappropriate or or it wouldn't have made logical sense for them to have said, right, oh, we want to help you take Menador Keep because they don't know that right, Menador right, right, Keep right, right, is, right. is your focus. Fair enough. Um, is Shurak a character that you, you – is it one of your, like, your like, – is it like a Tonric or a – Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like a Tonric. He shows up in fucking everything. Um, it feels like ever since, uh, you know, like I played a lot of Magic the Gathering, uh, right around like the Mirrodin days. Um, and I've always loved like the Lanin and the look of the Lanin. And so Shurak has appeared in at least three of them. One of which you played in. Do you remember the one, uh, do you remember the 4E game that we played in college? It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey and Nick or whatever. Uh, Shurak was also in that. Uh, though I don't know that you got to him yet because I had planned out a couple of sessions and one of them, Shurak, shows up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Leiden and uh, and Shurak specifically are very frequent um, occurrences in my D&D game. I really like the idea of kind of this, like, I mean, Lawful Neutral has always been my favorite uh, my favorite alignment. Like, I think it's the most interesting alignment. Um, and so I, I, it's very typical for me to kind of have this um, like laying in, you know, this this almost kind of hyper bureaucratic laying in society um, that that rolls around, and Shurak is kind of like one of the characters who embody who, who like is a part of that. I, I feel like this says a lot about this podcast. Your, your favorite alignment is lawful neutral, and mine's chaotic neutral. Your favorite uh, alignment is chaotic neutral. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why? It would just is it, so. This isn't my my favorite alignment isn't lawful neutral because it's like. I like I don't necessarily think I'm a lawful neutral person. Uh, right. It's just that I think it's the most interesting, uh, like uh, it, like from a from a kind of like a like a thematic I guess standpoint. Insofar as I like my characters to have you know to be comments on things, I find the lawful neutral the idea of being lawful neutral 
to be the most interesting. Yeah, I, I like I like chaotic neutral because I feel like it's kind of the most fun. Like I think I play more chaotic good because it kind of like restrains kind of the anarchy with like good intentions. Um, and chaotic good's kind of like my 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 kind of uh, ideal. Um, whereas the chaotic neutral is just can just be fun because it both encompasses. Um, uh, the, uh, the, 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 like, you know, like just the pure anarchy driven person. And also kind of like, I like kind of like the tinge of madness kind of ideal, right? That like, there's not, there's something not quite right, um, with a person. Like, I, it's, it's, it's comes with kind of like my, my enjoyment of, of, you know, like, uh, Lovecraftian horror and the like. Um, but that kind of element also speaks to me. So, so I enjoy kind of exploring that. Um, whereas I, I kind of like, as, like, if I set, would say it, would give it, I'd say, like, chaotic neutral and then chaotic good, but I hate chaotic evil. Because it just seems kind of like that. Chaotic evil to me sounds more, like, is more like, like, evil stupid than anything else. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I like chaotic evil a lot. My favorite kind of chaotic evil, like, sort of character or, like, archetype. And this is, this is kind of tough, right? I actually, I think it's pretty easy to play, um, like lawful evil for instance uh you know uh like the emperor right is like the most obvious lawful evil character it's very easy to yeah. kind of get in there um but i feel like the the coolest and most interesting chaotic evil is something is somebody like the joker you know what i mean and nobody is really very and people are very rarely good about embodying chaotic evil in their yeah games, i guess yeah i, I think um, that maybe that's what i'm more speaking to yeah um i see yeah, what i'm saying what, I, I, the thing I enjoy, like, the, I, I think the, the principal engine to what I enjoy about Lawful Neutral is that a Lawful Neutral person is, like, is looking to make deals, you know what I mean? It's, like, looking to make deals and be cooperative, because, like, like, Lawful kind of gets at that sort of stuff. Um, but they're willing to kind of, you know what I mean? Like, they're willing to um, play with morality. Morality in order to get there, right? Like, a Lawful Neutral person is just as close to Lawful Evil as he is to Lawful Good, right? And is, in fact, closer to Lawful Evil than Chaotic Good, right? And I think that those kinds yeah. of, you know, like, that kind of interplay is really interesting, which is oh, what see, I find so fascinating. See, see the version of Lawful... Because I, I think that, to kind of just put it out there, like, there are, there are different versions of each of these alignments. Like, my favorite version of Lawful Neutral is the law is the law is the law regardless of what that means. Um, like, kind of, like, ignorant, like, refusing, like, not being willing to play with morality, but, like, like basically, like, ignoring morality. Like, like very lawful stupid, right? Like, ignoring morality because the oh, law is I what must you, be upheld. I, I, I really like that. Like, I don't know if I'd, like, play, maybe I like playing that, but, like, I, I kind of enjoy that aspect. It kind of like my favorite lawful evil is um is kind of like the noble villain. Um, like oh, the, interesting! Really? Yeah, like like the uh, like you know like like code of conduct is still is still like an asshole or not even like an, isn't an asshole, right? Like he's like is like doing bad things, but like has a code of conduct about it and is is like you know relatively kind of um I I guess it's kind of like falls to more my my kind of desire to have things be like less good good to evil and more kind of like opposing sides right like right, the right. real world doesn't have many very evil people it just has like people who think that they're doing the right things on opposite side um i think noble villain kind of speaks to that a little bit more someone who you know you might sympathize with um in a different world um i don't know that, that's my favorite aspect of that Interesting. That is that is really interesting. 
Uh, I have to say what I think is very cool. Um, uh, so I, I agree with you that I think the, the lawful stupid is kind of part of that lawful neutral stuff. Right. Um, but I also think that it, like, it hits on other stuff. This is kind of why I think sure. it's, it's deep, essentially. Um, but my, my read on lawful evil has always been much more in line with kind of like the emperor. Yeah, like, so, like Hitler or whatever. So uh, so I think that that's the kind of... That's, that's the thing. I, I That's why I... I like there are different versions of each of these alignments, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Like chaotic definitely. neutral is both kind of like the anarchist and the insane person, and kind of like the, uh, like just like the thief, right? Like yeah, I, and I have to say one of the things that gets me away from chaotic alignments in general is because people take them, uh, like players take them, but they just take them kind of as an excuse to do what they want. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which really well, bothers that. me, right? Like it's one of those things where you know. If you're a player and you want to play a murder hobo, you just play chaotic neutral and you always reference the fact that you're chaotic neutral to excuse that, which I just kind of find like, you know, like that's something that it's, it's almost like a pet peeve, but it's kind of a pet peeve that turns me off of that alignment compared to someone who's, you know, uh, like lawful neutral or even like lawful good. We really should have an episode on alignments. Um, I don't know that we've ever had one. Before. We had one. We had one on Grim Dark and Noble Bright, I think. Yeah, I do remember. The I mean, we have to have Bright. talked about alignments at some point. There's no way... Uh, I, I don't think we've ever had a real straight up uh, conversation about alignments in. We've talked about it's a, it's a little bit like Star Wars, right? Like we've talked about it in the context of other stuff a lot of the time, um, especially when Mark has been on the cast. It's, it's been come up because I do remember having a conversation with him um, because he also has some thoughts on alignment specifically because he yeah. thinks it's a bad game system, which I agree with. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like yeah, well, future future topic ideas, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, uh, maybe even. Even uh, next week here. Let me put it on the episode ideas thing. Alignment. There we go. It's 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 in there, boys. Um, but yeah, uh, we're, we've run over time. Uh, did you have anything else that uh, you want? Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to address before we wrap this up? I had nothing else that I wanted to address. All right. Well, in that case, if you would like to contact us and tell us what you think of uh, loot boxes or uh, Total War or Elex or uh, Alignments. You can email us at subdurbsplaygame at gmail.com or some a podcast at subdurbsplaygames.com. You can follow us on twitch.tv slash subdurbsplaygames. Uh, Starfinder West will be starting up starting up soon. Um, we're all excited for that. Um, what else is there? There's uh, uh, our Twitters. Our, uh, um, uh, rate us on SoundCloud. Rate us on iTunes. We love all that stuff. Contact us. Buddy, do you have anything else that you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, loyal listeners. Until next time, dear listeners.